Hey everybody, welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison Gilming. I am the creative arts, worship arts director dude here at Lake Forest in Huntersville, sitting down with Mike Moses, lead pastor at Lake Forest Church, Huntersville, digging the new podcast, Intro Music Harrison, for the record, it's my favorite yet that you have selected. It's pretty it, good. It sort of fits my vibe of what I listen to, and you... Uh, out of all the voters, our listeners who ran into you in the grocery store—that's right. It's yes, Harrison. Change it up every now and then. So well done. That's what we We're got. Sticking that's with we it. got. That's what we got for now. Yeah. Hey, today's podcast is going to go along with our sermon series. Uh, in the words of the disciples, because we are disciples, uh, Lord, teach us to pray. And in this podcast, uh, Harrison and I thought, let's just look down. Uh, let's um, let's survey a bit of Jesus behaviors of prayer. This Sunday's message, I talked about Jesus was teaching a method, not an idea, but a method of spiritual practice of persistence in prayer. And and so let's look at his behavior in prayers, just a little bit of a survey through the Gospels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's our primary content today. But first, Harrison. Yeah, we just want to let you guys know real quick, and then we'll get to the good stuff. But this is good stuff, too. We have a couple things coming up. It is We've been in a hot stretch here, but I I don't know about you, Mike. I got up this morning and finally being back to the cool. It's it's feeling more yeah. like fall again. Yesterday, the leaves did not. are yeah no not yesterday, but the leaves are all the way off the trees, and we're looking forward to Thanksgiving. We're looking forward to Christmas after that, and we are what we have to do around here is we're already for sure thinking down the road about Christmas stuff. Can't we're wait. not we're not playing Christmas music in the office. I will say we're not. <laughs> Although Kelly has a Christmas blanket in her. Yeah. Well, she, she's but Christmas. she's just that way. Yeah. She's yeah. Christmas all yeah. year long. I'm she's definitely, crazy that way. I'm definitely in the camp. I don't know about you, Mike. Are you a wait till right after, oh, at least after Thanksgiving to 100%. Okay. And Angie might wake till the middle of December. Okay. Yeah. We, that, that's the, that's not the, a lot of sentimentality. That's the, the proper, house about proper direction to skew it towards. <laughs> well, we are thinking about Christmas a little bit around here and we have uh, a couple of our, uh, they've now kind of become ch- traditions. Maybe a good I word think, to use around I think here. You can say that. Yeah. Um, the first one, uh, we on December first. It's really funny actually because we planned a Christmas event, and the date we ended up landing it on at first was November thirtieth, and we're like, you know. We just no, didn't like that. November doesn't feel like Christmas. No, we yet. just didn't like it, so we moved it to Thursday. <laughs> right. Even though that's Friday night for you and me and our yes. staff, so we're taking a Friday night for a church event. But it just felt proper. Yep. And what is it? It is a. It is our Christmas tree lighting. I think this is the. I don't know. Th- at least third or fourth year in a row mm-hmm, that we've done mm-hmm. this, and uh, we we build the the big light tree out in our uh, the lawn area out there in front of the church and. Uh, put up a little stage. We sing some Christmas sing carols. Some carols. Watch this a movie. Year, this year, the uh, Kidtropolis uh, grade school worship dancers worship team yeah. is coming back. And Kelly just told me yesterday that more children are signed up to be a part of this worship team for the Christmas tree lighting, and then the following Sunday morning, they'll be mm-hmm. leading us in worship in both of our worship services, more kids than we've ever had on that worship team before. So they're, they're on the Sunday morning, they're going to have to be out in the aisles or something, yeah, but something. that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we show the Charlie Brown Christmas yep. special on a big outdoor screen. I am really looking forward to that. Yeah. That'll kick off my Christmas. I, I will say, personal note, can I just talk do, myself do about myself note. for a second? Yeah, yeah go ahead. 
our youngest son and our daughter-in-law are moving to New York City this weekend where uh, they have some great professional adventures awaiting them there. They're moving to Brooklyn. Brooklyn, and we just decided they have, even though they will have just just been there for a couple of weeks, they have invited Angie and I and then Dylan, who lives in Philadelphia. So I am spending Thanksgiving in New York City, and we'll see all the Christmas decorations there. So honestly, I will have my Christmas vibe on in a in a Rockefeller Square kind of way, uh, and I'll try to bring that vibe with me on December first. I am excited for that. Then, <laughs> if uh, if I was if I was telling you one reason to come to this, uh, it would be the last handful of years that we've done it. You just you just left feeling kind of warm, happy, ready to start the Christmas season yeah. as a church family together. It's just been fun. And let's say as Christians, in the same way we started practicing Lent over a decade ago as a as a modern church that churches most churches of our worship style don't do things like that, nor observe Advent. But we want to be Christians who are in preparation for the two high holy feasts mm-hmm. of our faith, uh, the Incarnation at Christmas. And so this is a way for us to prepare the way for the Lord. Yes, we'll, we'll, we're, we're uh, also part of our cultural celebration, our culture celebration, but, um, but we'll, we'll, we will make it spiritual, and then, and then we'll start our Advent sermon series and, yep. uh, and move into Christmas Eve services, so I'm excited about all that. Yep. The second thing we want to just go ahead and put out there for those of you, uh, if this is for you, you'll know that it's for you right away. There are some folks that uh, have a hard time when the holidays come around, especially getting into the Christmas season, uh, because they're just in a stretch of uh, either a, a short-term stretch of some struggle, some pain, or uh, they might be missing somebody that is dear to them. And mm-hmm. uh, Christmas time just kind of brings the brings that up in in a in an above average way. Uh, so we we've had an above average number of funerals here in, uh, yeah. in our building this mm-hmm. this year. So. Yeah, so we we put together a service. We've done this for a handful of years now, mm-hmm. Mike. We started off actually before we before we knocked down the wall at the fireplace and built the find and new offices and everything up there. Way back in the day, we used to do this service out in front of the little mm-hmm. fireplace mm-hmm. inside, in the just lobby. P- pull around forty or fifty chairs for whoever it was for. But the service is called Blue Christmas, um, and it's just a it's just a way to kind of pray uh, comfort. Uh, enjoy over people who need it the most mm-hmm. during the stretch. So I, in the past, this has been one of, we all walk away from this service uh, just feeling like it is one of the most meaningful worship gatherings that Absolutely. we do every year. So. And, and we're not doing it to attempt to build the biggest crowd in the world. It's it's for whom it's for mm-hmm. every year. So that'll be uh, Wednesday night, December 7th, yep. Blue Christmas. Yep, yep. All yeah. right. Mike. You've been uh, you've been preaching a little and thinking a little bit lately about prayer. We just had a night of worship and prayer. Oh, you dude, just preached yeah. on Sunday about raspy prayer, and I, I got to witness just along with you from the stage, um, roomfuls of people at nine thirty and eleven o five, carefully sitting and thinking and writing down some of these. I loved seeing that. Yeah, it's really and cool. There were more people there than I expected because there were a hundred and eighty youth on our remix retreat all weekend. Crazy, and parents Crazy. were had to head down early afternoon yeah. to pick up their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that was uh, so anyway. I'm, I, I haven't. All of our youth staff took yesterday off. I'm looking forward to hearing some God stories from the remix retreat. But let's. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, so I did week two of the sermon series. 
Lord teach us to pray. And um, I decided in my portion of this series last week, uh, this coming Sunday, and then the following Sunday, or my three in this series, um, uh, okay, wait, um, if our series is called Teach Us How to Pray, that's the disciples' words to Jesus, so I'm going to key in on Jesus teaching us to pray. <laughs> um, and I'm really fired up. I left Sunday's second service, Harrison, and I was so sweaty because it was so humid, and I was really preached and worshiped out. Uh, I, I didn't feel up to being in the lobby and talking to people. Um, went up to my office because I had a meeting at 1 o'clock, and I immediately got excited about, um, I was like, what passage do I want to teach next week hmm. for risky prayer? Yeah. And I just started looking through Jesus' teachings on prayer, and I'm very excited about um, this one. Uh, it's a series of his teachings all together about risky prayer. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to stay in the format of Jesus teaching us each of the, the, the next two Sundays. Again, that'll be three in a row. It's awesome. But here's, um, here's just a, Harrison and I gathered a, a collection of some of the behaviors. What do we learn from Jesus here? And, uh, and the first two, um, are, I think are, are really important are the, and are the kind of thing that can take a Christian from a feeling like their walk with God and their relationship with God is self-contained into something that feels like it it's more a part of their whole life um, it, by just adding this practice on. Mm-hmm. And, and so our first two behaviors we want to notice of Jesus is that Jesus prayed for others audibly, out loud, mm-hmm. um, and, <coughs> and Jesus prayed with others. Um, the, 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 one of the examples of Jesus praying for others, <coughs> Harrison, I, I enjoyed, uh, seeing this example, looking back at the details of it. Matthew nineteen thirteen uh, writes, then little children were brought to Jesus for him to, and this detail is a reminder to me, mm-hmm. place his hands on them and pray for them. So there's something when we say, Hey, would you like for a member of the prayer team to pray w- over you with you? after a service. This is this is not like a modern touchy feely thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um Jesus placed his hands on them. There's something there, uh tangible, um uh there, and he prayed for them. Um and interesting, the disciples remember rebuked. They were like, Don't bring your children to Jesus. Don't bother him with this stuff. Um and I think a lot of people feel um, I've, I've actually had people say this to me. I thought about going to the prayer room, to the well or the prayer team for prayer about such and such. But I, other people have more things than me, hmm. or I didn't want to take up their time. Yeah. Whether that's the real reason for their hesitation or not, the disciples were sort of like, Jesus doesn't have time to pray over your child. <laughs> and And... And yet Jesus prioritized this. So I just, number one, Jesus prayed for others. So, hey, friends, listeners, here, here, here's a deal. And this will actually, I, I'm, I don't know how risky I want to get two Sundays from now and ask people to stop and pray for each other aloud in the worship service because there are always people who aren't yet believers, mm-hmm. people who have anxiety disorders. So, gosh, while that sounds cool, I don't know that I can. I should do that, but you guys, l- listen. We were challenged on our staff recently. Um, the next time you find yourself saying to a neighbor, "This would be the best as a neighbor," 
who's not necessarily in your church family, or, or to a family, your child in your home, or, or your spouse, or, or a friend, or, or a community group member. Hey, I'll, you know what? I'll pray for that. What if you instead, hey, can I pray for that right now for you? Take the risk. Get it out loud. Potentially put your hand on them. If, if us parents did that more often for our child, oh my gosh, that, that, that activates the Holy Spirit and the faith in the family in between a parent and a child. Hmm. So praying for others, dude, it's just doing it like Jesus did it. Yeah. It's kind of like that simple and direct. I, 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 Jeff has a picture in, in his office. Some of my favorite times around here at Lake Forest are when we are, uh, when we are kind of commissioning new elders uh, to yeah. be a part of our yes. elder team. And it is a common thing when, when these services happen that, uh, these elders will come to the front and all the current elders of the church, their family, their friends, it's like this group of 30 people reaching in and laying either, hands, either laying you know, hands yes. on the new elder or laying their hands on the person mm-hmm. in front of them, kind of this chain going. And it is a, it, it can be a really mm-hmm. uh, powerful spiritual moment. And you see a lot in the gospels. Uh, there's something that the, uh, the people have about touching Jesus, even, even just mm-hmm. touching his, mm-hmm. touching his robe. So there, there's definitely something to, to that with him that that's mentioned for a reason and something that we, model from time to time when it feels like the right thing to do Mm -hmm. well jesus prayed for others and that's the example of the children and he laid hands on them but jesus also prayed with others i have uh i i I recall the um mount of transfiguration moment in jesus history uh where he and three of the disciples go up on a mountain and and they have this vision and they see moses and elijah here's a detail i never noticed harrison until we put on the lens of the prayer behavior of Jesus. Luke nine twenty eight recounts it. Here's how it says. Jesus took Peter and John and James with him and went up onto a mountain to do what? To have a conference? To have a meeting? What is it? What did Luke say? They, Jesus took them up the mountain to do? To pray. Yes, yeah, so the, mm-hmm. the, he went up there to have a prayer meeting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's an old school reference. Uh, but again, I, I think there's a simple beauty and power in this example for us um, to do as our Lord did. We want the lifestyle. We don't just want the worldview of Jesus, which is theology. We do want that. (laughs) Uh, We don't just want the virtue and the character of Jesus. We do want that. But one of the ways we have those first two is if we put on the behaviors or lifestyle of Jesus. And so this is praying with others. This is, you know, Harrison, I think I take this for granted. One of the beautiful things about Angie and I having been in our community group and you and Emily and yours for years Mm -hmm. is this means there's this group of 13 people who we do life together, who worship as part of Lake Forest. And every two weeks, this, these are 13, 14, like spiritual, like racehorses in our group. (laughs) And we were praying aloud in front of each other for each other. I, um, I don't. I haven't named that as that's this beautiful practice we just have in our life. It's one reason why a community group, why committing to something like that puts that in your life, like you've just predecided. That's in my life now for a long time. 
studying the Bible with others is in my life. So Jesus praying with others, that's not praying for others. They went up, and I don't know what the subject was. Did, did he know this, this, this vision was going to happen? I don't know. Hmm. But they went to pray as a group. And so, again, perhaps podcast listeners, you're, you're a bit more attentive to what's going on in your church, certainly, and I would therefore assume your life with Christ than the average bear. Um, and, and so, same thing. What if, and every now and then, I'm trying to do this around our staff office. Uh, in fact, I just asked you about a prayer moment at the beginning of our worship planning meeting yep. this morning. Mm-hmm. I want to just get group, group everybody. Hey, huddle. Let's yep. pray for this instead of talk about it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that for a specific ministry partner who is in a cancer emergency treatment today. Mm. Um, and we were just texting this morning. Um, but same thing, like what if... <clears throat> um, uh, you and your spouse are with a neighbor couple, and they're like, yeah, dude, and then I'm going to have back surgery for this thing, right? Just a normal conversation out raking leaves. And what if, as the group, again, awkward, except not, no one has ever turned me down or will turn you down if you ask them to pray mm-hmm. uh, and for them, unless you ask Lucifer himself. Um. And so what if you, 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 you grabbed your spouse and you're like, hey, could we just pray for a second right here? Like out here in the yard with rakes in our hands? Like that, like because Jesus prayed with others. Hmm. One, of my, one of my favorite moments, speaking of our worship planning meeting, one of my favorite moments over the past couple months is right at the beginning of September, we were as a worship team looking ahead to what are, what's this fall going to mean for us? You know, what do we want for the people of our church? And we just decided to, hey, before we do any of this, let's just pray together and thinking maybe we'll pray for a couple minutes. And we ended up praying for like uh, like 20 or 30 minutes, just That's going surprising. around, taking time, just like uh, praying together for what God was going to do in the lives of the people of our church. And for us, as we we're uh, helping to steer where some of these topics were going to go and things we wanted to touch on. But man, it can, it can turn into uh, a powerful moment really quickly when that people gather together to pray. Our routine planning meeting into a very special, memorable moment that activated all of our spirit with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, I think there's just a sense of more spiritual um, palpability when you externalize by praying for others and with others um, there's a bit of a, a power there. Mm-hmm. Um, a few more observations of Jesus' behaviors of prayer um, is Jesus prayed alone. Luke five sixteen. Uh, let's listen for one word here, <laughs> Harrison. Okay. Jesus, what's that next word? Often. Often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Mm-hmm. So places, plural, and prayed. So often he prayed alone. I think we're all aware of that. Um, we are all aware of the ideal of having some moments of prayer uh, ourselves each day. Um, but it's good to know that's not in order to be religious. I remember um, back, my Facebook religious status is listed as hippie Christian. <laughs> and I remember back in the late Audis, early 2010s, I was making a big deal about us being a hippie Christian church. And we're, we, wanna, we don't want to be conventional Christians, blah, 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 and I, I made a little too much out of that, but I remember uh, meeting with somebody who was really vibing on that part of our vision, 
and I called us an emerging church during those days, and that meant something. Uh, and then it came to mean something that we're not, so I quit saying that. But I remember distinctly being in my office and somebody going, yeah, I'm, I'm like rethinking my whole, I grew up in this totally conventional fundamentalist, blah, 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 and I'm just rethinking all of it, and I'm free now. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to pray. I don't, and I'm like, what? Hold up. Hold up. We follow Jesus. Uh, we're hippie Christians because we want to follow Jesus, barefooted maybe. Yeah. Or in sandals and togas mm-hmm. if we need to emphasize our hippiness. But it, Jesus <laughs> was drenched in the words of Scripture and often withdrew. I was like, that. that's like a throw the baby out with the bathwater moment. And so it's just good to be reminded of. Um, uh, Luke 6.12 says, uh, one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. The observation is Jesus... We, we see recurring times when he would go out in nature. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they thought of in town and out of town in nature the same way we do. I mm-hmm. doubt they were as sentimental about it as us because that's, <laughs> they got their livelihood, out, you know, like on, yeah. the, on the lake. They didn't think of the lake <laughs> the same way we do. Um, but he often prayed in nature, and that certainly is stimulating for us. When Cammie does her dog days, uh, she's always grateful when the Lord gives them a beautiful day because they're on Lake Norman and out in nature. Um, I, I here this was my favorite point that you found, Harrison, and it says Jesus could pray as a sprinter or a marathon runner. What what's what's the observation there? Yeah, there there are times where um, you know the the Bible talks a lot about. Uh, pray, be praying, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Be praying constantly. So there are times where we have these kind of short bursts of prayer. You're walking from one meeting to another meeting and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you pray for a moment, but Jesus really, Jesus gave us, when they said, teach us to prayer, he, Mm -hmm. he, he talked about prayer a lot of ways, but he said, oh, and by the way, here's what we call the Lord's prayer as something you, it's short. You can memorize it. It covers the whole waterfront, so to speak. I don't know where that turn of phrase comes from yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, but it does that uh, and so he could he could pray in short prayers but also but also he he took extended time to pray uh, we see that uh, we see that even as he's beginning his ministry he he goes to the wilderness for oh my, 40 yes. days and 40 Goodness. nights just to pray yeah. and fast yeah. there's no other stuff going on out there it was just praying and fasting as he's preparing for what his his next few years of ministry were going to be uh we see uh, luke six twelve says jesus spent the night praying to god we see jesus as he's approaching the cross goes to the garden to pray and he's up praying all night intensely praying uh, as much of a marathon prayer that, that you could possibly find so he he finds windows where uh we can pray briefly but he also set aside time to pray for a long time for important stuff. And this is uh, our last podcast. We talked about creating a an hour or a half day or a day alone with God. But hear this, Luke 6, 12, Jesus spent, so Jesus could sprint, be a sprinter in prayer or a marathoner, and that would be healthy for us to develop both aspects in our prayer life. When he spent the night praying to God, my own, I have a lot of experiences with that, and um uh, for example, the longest I've, Jesus, you know, fasted and prayed for 40 days in the wilderness. The longest I've 
fasted at one time is three days in a row. That was quite arduous for me. It, it was a water only. While I was focused on prayer and I was at a monastery, a Roman Catholic monastery in Rock Hill, South Carolina, that any mm. of you can yeah. reserve a, a room there, and then they have a chapel, and I would just cycle back and forth between walking between being in my room or being in the chapel meditating on scripture in the ways that I, I talked about in the last podcast that was three days over new year's 1997 into 98 and at the end of it is when i heard uh, i won't say it uh when i was able to make the prayerful decision to plant this church in lake norman instead of ballantyne the university area or mooresville and hmm. i'm really happy about that uh the longest i've uh i've done this several times but uh, um, I prayed, including in the middle of the night, for one full week in the mon- Greek monasteries of Meteora, the mm. Meteora Mountains in Greece. You can Google that. There are these beautiful monasteries, and I've got a room at the foot of the mountains. Uh, and I observed the monastic hours of prayer, which is, um, I forget if I chose seven or eight uh, different times uh, each day, and I would hike to one of the monasteries and be there all day back down to my room, and then in my room, get up twice in the night. And I just tried on the classical historic monastic rhythms, and I, I, I fasted during the day. Hmm. In the evening, I would have dinner. Um, so Jesus could pray as a sprinter or a marathon runner. Let's just cover a couple more. Harrison, what do yep. you think? Sounds like a plan. Uh, there's one on here that really stuck out, uh, stuck out to me, Mike, just in terms of um, where we've been uh, over last week as we're looking ahead to this week even a little bit, but especially last week, um, I've thought about this before, and it's just it's it's kind of wild to think about that Jesus prayed sometimes knowing that his prayer would not be answered or oh, answered in yeah. a way he expected, and you see that especially mm-hmm. as he as we mentioned before, he's praying in the garden, and he prays he prays. Uh, God, take this cup from me. He, he's he's looking ahead to the physical and spiritual suffering that he knows is about to come uh, with his body being broken down and feeling separated from his father. And he asks, God, take this cup from me. But uh, Jesus hmm. is God. He knew what was going to happen. He'd, he'd been talking about it for years uh, in ways that seem obvious to us now, but it's all, also always funny to me that He's telling the disciples, like, I'm going to be gone, but I'll be back. And they're like, what are you talking about? What? <laughs> and then it happens, and they're yeah. so shocked, they don't even yeah. put it together. But, um, yeah, he so he prays, and he three knows. Times. He prays three he times. He mm-hmm. that he not have to go through this. And, and he finishes that by saying, uh, this is a quote from Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. He says, yet, yet not as I will, but you will, which is which is crazy considering what he was about to face. So it's just a reminder that even in that we talk all the time about the, the beautiful thing about the incarnation about, as we're looking even ahead to the season of Advent of God becoming one of us um, is that he truly experienced all these feelings that we experience. And one of those is desperately praying and getting an answer back that he was not hoping for. Harrison, I have never thought about that before. That that is another way in which he, you, the the question of unanswered prayer is a bit of a conundrum um, in scriptures. Just there, 
various promises. There's a mystery that we're asked to pray. We're called to ask for the desires of our heart. We're promised that God hears and answers, and yet uh, there's unanswered prayer, and mm-hmm. that we can look at Jesus, and in the face of unanswered prayer, at the, the pinnacle moment of his earthly existence, um, he too loved his father. His father loved him. He was beloved. It did not change the fact that he was the beloved son of the father with the spirit interacting the love between them uh, and was fully in God's will and trusted God's will for him. Which is extra crazy because he knew what was about to happen. And he knew we, we, we worry sometimes like you think, oh, what's the worst case scenario? I mean, he knew what what was coming and how bad it was going to be. And uh, and in his humanness, prayed God take this away. And in his godness was like, I trust the will of the father on this one. That's crazy. This is why one of our priorities at Lake Forest is to keep our faith Jesus centered not church or even Christianity-centered. Uh, and to be clear at all times, we're, what, when we teach relationship principles or things like that, um, we're not here about t- teaching um, disembodied principles. Really, we're following the God-man Jesus in all things. It's why our core values are written and stated in, this, in the format of something-something like Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Love like Jesus um, with grace and truth. Journey like Jesus, doing life together. Live like Jesus, always on the Missio Day. Um, lead. Lead like Jesus toward more and better disciples, leaders, and churches. And welcome like Jesus those who've given on on church but not on God. Mm-hmm. To belong before they believe in every pocket of our life and church. Hey, great to be with you today on the Ask LFC podcast. We'll check you later. See you guys.